Good afternoon. Welcome to another episode of Logan's Devotions. It's great to be together. Wonderful to open up God's Word for another day and see what he has to say. We're turning through to Luke chapter 6 again, but before I read our passage, as always, let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for this day. Thank you for another chance to read your word. And we do pray that you would encourage our hearts, build us up to love you. And we do pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Luke chapter 7, picking up at verse 1. After he had finished all his sayings in the hearing of the people, he entered Capernaum. Now a centurion had a servant who was sick and at the point of death, who was highly valued by him. When the centurion heard about Jesus, he sent to him elders of the Jews, asking him to come and heal his servants. And when they came to Jesus, they pleaded with him earnestly, saying, He is worthy to have you do this for him, for he loves our nation, and he is the one who built us our synagogue. And Jesus went with them. When he was not far from the house, the centurion sent friends, saying to him, Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I am not worthy to have you come under my roof. Therefore I did not presume to come to you, but say the word and let my servant be healed. For I too am a man set under authority, with soldiers under me. And I say to one, Go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him. And turning to the crowd that followed, he said, I tell you, not even in Israel have I found such faith. And when those who had been sent returned to the house, they found the servant well. Well, the last few weeks we've been looking at Jesus' Sermon on the Mount as it's recorded in Luke. And that teaching's now finished up. And we begin a new section. But this new section, you have to understand, is intimately tied to the section that goes before it, which makes sense because it's a book, right? Words generally follow together. Makes sense. So previously, we've looked at the Sermon on the Mount, and it sort of finished with this tone or question of whether you will receive the teaching of Christ in a worthy manner, whether you will respond to the teaching of Christ, whether you will apply it to your own heart, whether you will keep it, whether you will do it, all these sorts of categories and questions. We then are instantly introduced, after he's finished saying all these things, to a centurion. We're actually we're introduced to some elders who come on behalf of the centurion. And as these elders come, they declare that the centurion is worthy of receiving Jesus' help. So they say to him, that is the elders to Jesus, he is worthy to have you do this, heal the servant. He is worthy to have you do this for him, for he loves our nation. And he is the one who built us our synagogue. Now, notice what they say. He is worthy. Why? Because he loves our nation. And he built a synagogue. He is worthy to receive your gift of mercy and grace and all of the good things that you can bestow upon him by healing a servant. 
because of the things he's done. Now, if that doesn't make alarm bells ring in your head, you might be thinking with the wrong categories. What's wrong here? Well, the elders believe that this man is worthy of God's grace because he's done enough. That's a problem, isn't it? That's works-based grace. If I do enough, when I do enough, then God owes me. Or Jesus owes me. That's the logic of the elders, right? But notice the way the centurion views himself. So the elders believe the centurion is worthy of Jesus' help because what he's, of what he's done. But the centurion sends friends. Of course, the friends know the centurion better than the elders do. So the friends come and they say, Lord, do not trouble yourself. This is on behalf of the centurion, obviously. Lord, do not trouble yourself for I am not worthy. I am not worthy to have you come under my roof. Therefore, I did not presume to come to you, but say the word and let my servant be healed. Do you hear the contrast here? The elders say he's worthy because he's done lots. The centurion says, I'm not worthy. And so I didn't even come to you. I'm not even worthy to come into your presence. It's a bit strange, isn't it? What's going on here? Well, what's going on is the centurion rightly understands that there's nothing he can do that can make him worthy to receive Jesus's grace and blessing. But that doesn't mean he doesn't want the blessing and he doesn't want the grace. He just understands what it takes to actually get it. What the only condition is. Unworthiness. And God's grace. Unworthiness and grace received by faith. And so Jesus rightly responds to this man's faith. We see his faith, don't we? Verse 7, sorry, verse 8. I am a man set under authority with soldiers under me. I say to one, go and he goes, and to another, come and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. In other words, I have the ability to command people to do things, and they do it. So do you. I believe you have the power to do all that is necessary, though I'm unworthy. So, verse 7, just say the word, and my servant will be healed. And Jesus summarizes for us exactly what this is. Jesus heard these things. He marveled and said, I tell you, not even in Israel have I found such faith. So we have an, a man who the elders believe is worthy, yet the centurion knows he's not. And so he comes by faith to receive the blessing. He knows he's unworthy, so he comes by faith. And what's the outcome? Well, the outcome is he gets exactly what he wanted. Verse 10, when those who had been sent returned to the house, they found the servant well. And what we discover in the end is he was worthy. He was worthy to receive the blessing of God and the grace of Jesus Christ. Why? Because he came as an unworthy individual by faith and faith alone. Not by what he did, but solely by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I guess, ultimately... This just raises one very simple question for us, doesn't it? How will we come? Will we come based on our ability in chapter 6 to be poor 
hungry and weep, aka be unworthy, or will we come as those who believe they are rich, full and laugh because we think we're worthy? Will we come as those who believe we've loved enough, forgiven enough, done enough, judge not enough, or will we come as those who are spiritually bankrupt and receive by faith God's grace? You see, at the end of the day, there's only one way to come with emptiness. But Christ promises to fill us, and that's a promise worth banking on. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for your word. We do pray. Help us to see and believe by faith and not to doubt. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.